You're listening to the Addiction Support Podcast, episode number 29. Hi, Oak Creek Wellness family. Welcome to Addiction Support Podcast, where I talk with inspiring people who share their knowledge and experience of addiction and what's working for them. This is addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. I'm your host, Melissa Sue Tucker. Hello, welcome back. This is the Addiction Support Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Sue Tucker, just so you know you're in the right place. My guest this week is Cam Adair. He's a speaker, YouTuber, and prominent thought leader on video game addiction. He's the founder of GameQuitters.com, the world's largest support community for video game addiction, and they currently have members in 45 countries. A video game addict himself, Cam dropped out of high school twice, never graduated, and never went to college. Now as a motivational speaker, he travels around the world sharing his message on how we can harness the adversity we face as fuel for growth, connection, and purpose. His story has been featured in two TEDx talks, and he currently lives in beautiful San Diego, California. I really feel like I have a strong connection now after talking to Cam. Glad that he's somebody that I get to add to my list of friends and amazing uh, interviews on addiction support, and I hope that you guys enjoy the interview. Uh, one last thing if you stay to the end, I created a bonus for you guys. I'm a little bit nervous about this, although I probably, you know, that's just ego and craziness. So, as a life coach in the past, I have given this challenge to different people and people that have taken it and actually taken it on, it's changed their life. So I'm giving it to you. If you stay tuned at the end of this uh, interview, you'll hear the the audio that is part of the bonus. And I'll also tell you where you can come to download that audio and also download the worksheet companion that goes along with it. So all I'm looking for there is your email. You give me your email and I'll be happy to give that to you. As always, all the notes can be found at addictionsupportpodcast.com and we'll include all of the links where you can contact Cam in addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash episode 29. Enjoy the episode. Cam, I'm so excited to have you on Addiction Support Podcast today. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I just, before we get started and everybody, this will all be in the show notes, but since we were connected, I think a couple weeks ago, I've been following you now on Snapchat and I think on Instagram and I love your social media presence. I love the stuff that you put out there, everything from food to, you know, keeping your mind straight. I love it. I try to like make it fun. I my roommate makes fun of me sometimes because she's like, your Snapchat is the same every day. It's like, I'm working, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to yoga, and I'm working, and I'm eating. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I designed my life very specifically, but I try to keep it fun and, and just try to provide as much value as I can for people. You definitely do, and people should follow you on Snapchat. Do you want to give that right now before we jump into it? Yeah, so Snapchat and Instagram, it's Cameron Dare, and that's on Twitter as well. I'm on, I'm on all, all of them. Uh, and then YouTube is Game Quitters. Game Quitters. Okay, cool. And I will link that up for you guys so you can go back to the show notes to get that if you didn't get that. Um, all right, well, I'm really genuinely thrilled to talk to you because I didn't realize that um, this was kind of going on in my own family. I shared with you, and we'll talk about this later, but can you just you know share with us how addiction has impacted your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a great question. And 
for me specifically, I think it really was this kind of subconscious thing going on that I wasn't necessarily aware of. And so there were all these things happening in my life. Like, you know, I dropped out of high school twice. I never graduated, never went to college. And really struggled with depression for, for a long time. And I was at, you know, I was living in my parents' basement after I dropped out of high school and I was, you know, like pretending to have jobs because my parents were like, you know, if you're not going to school, then you have to get a job. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just pretend to have a job so I can keep playing video games. And it was having all of these, like the addiction was causing this behavior, but I didn't really know it and I wasn't really aware of it. So, I mean, like, isolation, depression, deceiving my family, dropping out of high school twice, never going to college. These were things that, you know, were consequences of, of my addiction. That's cool. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of people that you're finding that are part of your community now that also have realized that they have the same, same addiction going on, like video game addiction and computer. Is it mostly playing video games with other people, do you think? Or do you think it's mostly people playing by themselves or does it even mm -hmm. matter? Yeah, so it's a great question. It's a mix. Um, what I discovered and how I discovered this problem was that, you know, obviously it was something I was struggling with and I kind of went through my own recovery journey of just realizing that, you know, this is something that is causing destruction in my life. And if I really want to live a meaningful life and, and I really want to be happy, then I need to kind of take a look at these different areas of my life and figure out ways to, to improve them. So quitting video games or, or overcoming the video game addiction was one of them. And what happened was, you know, I, I knew that I probably wasn't the only person in the world struggling with it. Mm -hmm. And I searched online for, for what help was available at the time. You know, if you, if you struggle with, you know, being an alcoholic or something like that, there's a lot of different support. There's AA, there's a lot of different support online. But with video game addiction, there was virtually nothing. And I just realized that there were probably other people struggling and I should share my story and share kind of what helped me. So what I did was I wrote this article and then it just blew up. And today there's almost 1,600 comments. There are like 1,000-word essays from kids as young as 10, 11, 12 years old, all the way up to 50-plus and everything in between. And that turned into a TEDx talk, which now has like over 100,000 views. And now today we have a community called Game Quitters where we have members in 46 countries around the world. And I've just realized time and time and time again that there's so many other people out there who struggle with this, but they just didn't have a platform to share that they were struggling. It was kind of something they, they were being affected by, but they were doing it in silence. Mm. So that's been really cool. But most people tend to be addicted to more like multiplayer games. Uh, I do see a lot of single player games as well, but... I think the social aspect is one of the big reasons why people end up playing as much as they do. And over time, because of all that exposure, they end up becoming you know, more and more addicted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like for my son, I think I told you about, I'll share it with our listeners too. Um, my son's 19 and a few months back, he sold his PS4 and I, that really shocked me because he loves playing his PS4. 
And I went in and I asked him, you know, because I saw people leaving our house carrying it. I was like, that was kind of random. And I asked him what was going on. He's like, well, I didn't want to make you mad because I had bought that for him. I'm like, you're not making Mm -hmm. me mad. He's like, well, mom, I just, I feel better when I'm out doing other stuff and when I'm doing cardio and working out. But I realized like it's really hard for me to even leave the house to go do those things. I just, it's like I sit down to start playing a game and the next thing I know, like all day has been gone. Mm -hmm. And since he was little, like the only, thing he really loved to do is be on the computer or play video games so as a mom like I tried to get him into sports and other things but it was almost impossible and I realize now like maybe there was more I could have done what what advice do you have for parents especially you know Mm -hmm. parents of younger kids around this yeah, it's it's a the million dollar question I think, and it's a, it's a really <laughs> tough one. Um, you know, there's there's a few really interesting things going on with just the, the experience that you just shared. And so, you know, for one, uh, I do see this a lot where members will say, "Hey, I really want to get rid of my PS4, or my you know Xbox, but my parents just bought it for me. They're going to be upset." And that's like interesting that that your your son also experienced that. But one of the the main things I recommend for parents is a couple of things. The first is that it's easy to justify their gameplay because it's just something that they love or it's something that they pas- they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. But it's important to understand the context that, you know, I started gaming when I was 11. So before that, you know, I was playing hockey and I had some other hobbies. And then over time, I just gamed more and more and more. Whereas today, people start playing so young mm-hmm. that gaming is actually just all that they know. So it's not necessarily that they just love gaming or it's their only passion in life. It's more that it's the only thing that they know. So mm-hmm. when you go to remove that, it's such a it's such a big part and piece of their identity, and it's it's just like their entire world. So it's not just as easy as getting them into sports or getting them into other things, and that'll be a bit of a challenge, but recommendations for parents the number one thing i recommend is less gameplay less frequently Mm -hmm. so i would rather someone was playing 30 minutes a day than like three hours every couple days okay and the reason is because one of the big pieces of why people get uh, more addicted to gaming is because their brain gets accustomed to the level of stimulation in games, which is hyper stimulating. So, you know, when you're playing a game, it's a fully immersive experience. You have like lots of action happening, loud noises, music, people screaming in your ear. You have a lot going on. That's a very different experience than going for a walk outside or for me, like if I'm at the gym or DJing, those things just aren't stimulating in the same way. And so your brain gets used to that level of stimulation. So everything else that's not at that level is boring. Hmm. So one of the best things that you can do is make sure that they're not exposed to it for too long because the longer that they're exposed to it, the more their brain's getting accustomed to it. So I just think like shorter periods of time and more breaks really does help a lot. Uh, Exercise obviously as well, but also just helping them to understand or, or learning more about why they're so drawn to games. So for instance, if they play because it's what all of their friends do, well, if you go to remove gaming, then what you're actually doing is you're also removing all of their friends, which for many of these people, that's going to be a very overwhelming experience. So instead of worrying about gaming, maybe you can help them with social skills. Maybe you can help them find some other activities where they can meet people who 
maybe don't just play video games all the time. Maybe they struggle with social anxiety, which is like one of the biggest things that I see in this community. So it's kind of like looking at more of why they're playing and what needs it's fulfilling and when they're drawn to it and then helping them channel those in, in a different direction. That makes a lot of sense. I would say, so I have three kids, one's 19, one's 13, and one's two, and I parent very different with my two-year-old. I, I'm much more connected and in the moment with him. With my 19-year-old, I was you know, a single mom working, and I didn't know how to be in the moment, but I think that when I look back, I think all he really wanted was some one-on-one -on -one, like connected time. And I think that I know it's hard, especially when parents are working all the time, but we can't be using, you know, devices or games as the babysitter or we mm -hmm. have to be present with our kids more. And like you said, like, that's how we're going to figure out why they're doing it and, you know, what needs it's filling. Absolutely. And, you know, my dad was was really, really smart. And, you know, whenever he tried to have a conversation with me, if we were at home, there was no way I was participating in that conversation. Like, mm -hmm. not a chance. Because when I'm, when I'm at home, my brain is like, the computer is right there, the computer is right there, the computer is right there. So what he used to do was there's this uh, restaurant in Calgary called Peter's Drive-In, famous, famous milkshake place. And he'd always be like, hey, Cam, do you want to go for a milkshake? And I'm like, absolutely, of course. I always <laughs> want to go for a milkshake. And, and then it was like a 20-minute drive there, a 20-minute drive back. Now, during this drive, I was in the car. I couldn't just leave. So I couldn't just like run away or, or avoid the conversation. I actually had to have it. And because I wasn't at home, it was much easier for me to actually have a conversation. And that made a big difference. Now, obviously, at some point, I realized that every time he was asking me to go for a milkshake, it was because we need to, needed to have a talk. <laughs> but it, I wasn't opposed to having the talk. It was just when I was at home, my emotions would get so crazy that I would just want to leave. So I think a big part of how parents can, can connect more with their kids is trying to like connect with them, get them out of the house, go for a walk, go do an activity, go for a hike, get them outside of like their space where they're going to be just focusing on gaming. And it's much easier to have these conversations and actually connect when they're not there. That is solid advice for all parents, even if their kids aren't playing video games. Yeah. I never even thought about that. My mind's racing right now. That's, that's, that's so valuable. Thank you for sharing that. So what, I guess one of the things that parents can do if you think that your child or your, you know, maybe teenager or whatever is playing too many video games is just go to them and just maybe on one of these car rides or on a walk or something, but bring up the conversation and let them know that if they wanted to get rid of their gaming system, it's totally okay right like mm -hmm. we don't want these kids to reinforce this because they they don't want to hurt their parents mm -hmm. hurt their yeah that's one thing for sure i i also think that you know there's a really important component here that relates specifically to gaming and that's that there's a lot of shame and stigma involved with gaming really and and it's like you know if, if you're a gamer then the stereotype is that you're a loser that you don't shower you have bad hygiene you're a nerd you're a geek and what happens is a lot of the gaming community feels kind of rejected from the rest of society. They feel very misunderstood. Like people are like, you're wasting all your time in these video games. You're wasting your potential. Like these video games are stupid. They aren't even your friends anyways. And none of that is actually true. Mm. Like those relationships they have online are actually very real and very meaningful relationships. And 
what happens is because people feel rejected from society, gaming is like their safe place. It's the place where they feel welcome and safe. It's where they feel understood. They're around like-minded people. And it kind of creates this like us versus them mentality. So even as a gamer myself, the amount of, you could call it hate, that I get because I suggest that if someone wants to quit playing video games, then they should have resources to do it is absolutely mind-blowing. But it's because if you suggest to someone that they should stop doing what their safe place is, that makes them very defensive because they've been attacked throughout their entire life that gaming is worthless and it's stupid. So as parents, I think like the number one thing that you have to make sure that you do is that you don't shame or stigmatize your kids for gaming. We can have honest conversations about, hey, you're gaming a lot and your grades aren't very good, so we should talk about that. But it's not just because they're playing video games. Maybe they're not interested in school. Maybe they're struggling in some other way. For me, I couldn't focus in class. Like, I couldn't focus. So it wasn't just because I was playing video games. Video games were just an outlet for me. Uh, But you have to pay attention to the shame and stigma because ultimately, if a gamer, and if it's your kid, if they feel very defensive about their gaming towards you, which they will, they're not going to listen to you anyways. And you have to kind of navigate that realm first before you're ever going to be able to communicate to them. Yeah, I am a lot's coming to mind right now. I know that we definitely, I believe, need a whole makeover for our education system, but especially kids that are gaming and feeling like they're getting that, um, what is it, the chemicals in the brain that go off when they're playing Mm -hmm. and everything. They can't be expected to sit in a classroom so some teacher can shove a bunch of information in so that they can regurgitate it later. They need more interactive learning. There's so much we need to do but that's another soapbox because I like my experience of I'm 40 so you're the younger generation like the younger generations you guys are so much more intelligent and you have you can do things so much faster and multitask on an insane level and we really need to be um I don't you know figuring out how to tap into that and encourage that instead of shaming and instead of putting people down I agree probably an immense like a really intense high level of intelligence that goes along with that group is that I mean is that fair to say oh yeah absolutely and I think you know it's part of why the main demographic I mean I see everything from like 10 years old all the way to 50 but the main demographic that I work with is is college students so 18 to 26 and the reason is because, you know, generally the gaming community tends to be above average IQ. And in high school, they're able to get away with it because high school isn't really that hard. Right. But then when they get into college and now they have more responsibilities, less structure, they're more independent, and they and the workload is just harder. There's more work to do, group activities and so forth. They end up getting really overwhelmed and stressed. And the way they deal with overwhelm and stress is they game and then it causes this like vicious cycle where they start to experience um, maybe for the first time adversity and maybe for the first time they start to maybe fail at class. And that completely rocks their ego because they've always known that they're above average IQ, they're really smart, they're able to get away with it. And they've never developed the tools to be able to deal with adversity in that way. And so it kind of like snowballs into this vicious cycle where eventually, you know, maybe they drop out of college and then they're kind of at home living you know, with their parents and their parents are like, 
what has happened? Because my kid is smart and I don't know what's going on. And those are a lot of the people in my community who uh, who end up finding us. That's interesting. So do you have a, like a highlight of certain steps or any specific tips mm-hmm. that you could share with people in that age group specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the number one thing that you want to first do is commit to a 90-day detox. So that's 90 days is kind of what it takes for your brain to rewire back to normal dopamine sensitivity levels. So just first, you know, committing to taking 90 days off gaming. Now, I know for some people listening, that might seem like a lot. And sure, that's kind of the point. If you can't go 90 days without gaming, then you probably shouldn't be gaming. So let's start there. Even if you want to try to return back to gaming afterwards or try moderation, you should absolutely first do 90 days no gaming. Now, that's going to give you enough time to really start to look at these different areas of your life and learn more about what the relationship is in your life to gaming. So there's going to be certain challenges that you experience, like maybe you feel bored a lot. Well, that's because you use gaming every time you feel bored. So you've never developed other hobbies. Or maybe you feel like you miss your friends. Well, that's because all of your friends are online and that's where you're hanging out with them. And it's not that that's bad, but maybe it's not completely in balance and you should work on trying to find some other things. So a couple key steps that I recommend. The first is you want to understand why you're so drawn to games. So games fulfill certain needs that you have and just quickly temporary escape. So it's a way to deal with stress, social community. So it's a way to hang out with your friends, constant measurable growth. That's a way to kind of feel like progress and feedback. You get to see your, your improvement and it happens through instant gratification so you get to see it instantly. And the fourth need is challenge. So it's like a mission. You have a goal and it gives you a sense of purpose. So if you don't have a sense of purpose outside of games, games will give you that sense of purpose really, really well. So those are kind of the main needs. And you need to find new ways to fulfill them without using gaming. So how are you going to de-stress without gaming? That's things like going to the gym, yoga, Um, reading, going for walks, anything that helps you de-stress without using gaming is a positive. The next one is social. So, you know, finding some group activities, maybe that's going to meetups, maybe that's joining a rock climbing gym, maybe that's um, finding a forum online like the Game Quitters Forum where you're able to interact with other people who are on the same journey as you. Finding ways to be more social. The third is constant measurable growth. So, you know, how can you find that in something else? So learning a new activity like, say, a new language or an instrument or programming or something that's very structured so you get to see your progress. For me, that was DJing and surfing. I'm going to go surfing after this. And, you know, I know from where I started the first time two months ago to now, I've been able to improve. And the fourth one is a sense of purpose. And that really just kind of comes from, like, how can you set some goals so that you're able to kind of see there's a bigger reason that you're waking up every day than just to kind of beat this next level, get this new weapon or beat this boss. And uh, so that's kind of like step one and two, commit to 90 days, find some new replacement activities. Step three for me is about organizing your time. So beginning to use some sort of calendar or a schedule because so often the reason that you're gaming is because it's just the go-to activity you have Anytime you're bored or you have free time. 
So the more structured you can be with your day, the more intention you can put behind not just what you're doing, like these activities, but when you're doing them, the easier it is to follow through. So even in my life, if I just left my entire day open, I would probably just binge watch Netflix all day. Because what else am I going to do? I have nothing else to do. And that's one of the mindsets. Like, I have nothing better to do, so I might as well gain. For me, like, you know, before this, I worked for a couple hours. Now I have this call, and now I'm going to go surfing. And then after that, I have, like, a couple hours to work. And I have dinner. And, you know, tonight I'm going to work on some DJing stuff. And just that structure alone helps me always know what I'm going to do next. So I'm not caught in that, like, unconscious oh, I'm bored, so okay, I might as well just watch YouTube videos. And uh, and that really makes a big difference. So those are kind of three steps that I think are, are good to start with. And, uh, and then finding a support community, like whether it's the Game Quarters Forum or somewhere else where you're able to have some of these open and honest conversations really makes a big difference. Yeah, I wanted to um, have you talk a, in a lot more, obviously, but, or honestly, but I don't know how much time we have, a little bit more about the Game Quitters Forum. Um, mm-hmm. Like, do you, are they, is it an e-course? Is it a place where people connect? Is it both? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of support yeah. do people get if they want to, if they want support with this? Yeah, so all of the above. So we have a couple different options. The first is YouTube. So right now I have 70 videos on YouTube, and we put out uh, two new videos every single week. So those are free. Those are like any topic you can imagine. This week's video was on, you know, should you listen to gaming music? So I mean like literally, you know, 70 videos. So those are all free, and, and those can help. Uh, the next thing that we have is the forum. So the forum is where you know, again, it's free. Any member can sign up and they can start posting. They can post questions. They can read other people's posts. And the main thing on the forum is starting a journal. So I think journaling is really powerful to process your experience and, and clarify your thinking. And so I really recommend, even if it's just a paragraph, like journaling every day. And if you do it on the forum, then you have other members who can come in and say, hey, yeah, I'm struggling with this too. Or, hey, here's what helped me with that. And the forum is just such an amazing experience. It's uh, Right now, we're having over 100 new posts every single day. And it's only been up a year. So I remember when you know, it was me and like one person. <laughs> and now it's a lot of people. But it's really cool to just see that support. And especially in recovery, it's common to not really feel like you have other people that understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And it makes a really big difference to have that. So the forums there. And then we also have something called Respawn. So Respawn is like an online course that I have that I developed. That's the price of an average video game. So it's $47. And that's like a curated course, 10 videos and an ebook where you can get the exact steps you should be taking and some more resources that can help people out. But for me, it was really important that we had like, if, if someone is like 15 and they need help, and they absolutely have no access to any money at all, then everything they could ever need is free. Mm. And then we also have a more structured and curated version that uh, that does cost money, but it's such a low price point that you know most people should be able to afford it. Right. If you guys can raise the money for a video game, you can absolutely raise the money for that. Yeah, That's I try so to smart. use that. Yeah. 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 It it works sometimes, it doesn't work other times, but uh yeah, for me it's it, that's the way that we sustain the business and that's the way that, you know, all of anyone who purchases Respawn like that's directly contributing to 
us being able to reach more people. So that really does make a big difference. This is so cool. I'm like, re- like genuinely excited to find out more. I've been telling Connor, my son, that I was going to be talking to you. So he's like, yeah, I watched the TEDx video. That was pretty cool. Um, so I might, I'm going to go talk to him after this and show him the forum and see if it's something he wants to get involved with because that might be something he really... He's in that phase where he's looking for new friends, so he might like that. Mm-hmm. I love this. This is great. So, um, and he also is wants to be a DJ. He's taking courses for audio cool. and stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So... Yeah, is there is there anything else that people should know or anything else that you think that I mean this is crazy valuable. So I think the the big idea here is that gaming is just a topic. Right. And you could replace gaming with porn or sex or technology or social media, drugs, alcohol, eating, you could replace it with anything. And the big idea is that, at least with game quarters, gaming is the way that we all kind of connect initially. But the point is really about living a meaningful life. And it's my opinion or, or it's my experience that, you know, we have to wake up every single day anyway. So we might as well make the most of it. Mm. And we're here and we're here right now. And if we really dedicate ourselves every single day in just small ways to really kind of working on improving our life, then what we think is possible for our life is so much less than what is actually truly possible. And that's kind of what I found in my life. And, you know, today I live in San Diego. I'm Canadian, so I I had to, like, get a visa to live here. I live in San Diego. I get to go surfing at, like, 3 p.m. on a, you know, sunny afternoon on a Friday. I have my own business where I get to, like, not just make a bit of money but make a difference. And I travel all around the world. And, you know, my life today is like absolutely incredible. And I feel so blessed to have that, but it hasn't always been that way. And I used to be depressed. I dropped out of high school twice. I was bullied a lot. And I've got to where I am today one step at a time. And so I just really encourage people like, don't get too caught up in, in whether it's gaming or sex or porn or, or whatever the label is. And really always remember that this is about living a meaningful life, whatever that means to you and learning how to live a great life. And if you focus on that and you focus on trying to find that one day at a time, I believe you'll get there. So beautiful. All right. Cameron Dare everywhere. Gamequitters.com. We'll have all of that in the show notes. Um, You have anything coming up that people can come see you at or are you just pretty much online right now? Yeah. So online right now, but I think starting and I just, uh, this isn't announced yet. We'll, we'll announce it anyways. But I, uh, I just got signed to Campus Speak, which is a speaking agency for colleges. So I'm really looking to start speaking in the fall at colleges and, and high schools around the world. Um, so right now, I just finished the speaking tour. I was in Toronto, Lincoln, Nebraska, Portland, and Las Vegas. And starting in the in the fall, you can expect it that I'll be in a city near you. So. Uh, if you want me to come to your city, definitely reach out and uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. And a big thing for me is if anyone ever reaches out on any social media or, or email, I always respond. So if you're listening to this, I'd love to hear from you. So awesome. Well, when you come to Arizona, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll definitely be in Arizona at some point soon. I hope that you guys found that as fascinating of an episode as I did. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, Sorry if my voice sounds a little weird. I don't know if you can tell or not. I've had a sore throat thing going on for about a week now. So I apologize if that's annoying in any way. 
Now, as I promised, I created a bonus for you guys, and it's I call it the I Love You Healing Exercise. So I'm going to play it for you here in just a moment. And if you'd like to download your own version and the uh, worksheet that I created that goes along with that, you can do that by coming back to addictionsupportpodcast.com. Either go to forward slash episode 29, or you can go to forward slash bonus, or I'll have bonus linked at the top of Addiction Support Podcast as well. So three ways to go there. And um, yeah, all I'm looking for there is you give me your email address. I will not spam you. I promise that's coming straight to me. Um, And then I will... I'll go ahead and get that to you right away. You'll either be able to listen to it online or on your phone, or you can download it as well. Download, print out the worksheet, or you can use on- online, whatever works best for you. But I advise you to go ahead and print out the worksheet and then tape it up wherever you're going to be doing the exercise. You can do the exercise once you'll feel amazing or not. I don't know. Um, I always feel better when I do it. And I really recommend, especially if you're having a challenge with it or you're not feeling anything, do it for five days in a row. Give yourself um, you know, permission to explore what it is that's going on for you because everyone that I know that has done this challenge, they've been able to change their life around it. And then the other thing I'd say is as soon as you really start to connect and believe it, you're going to be challenged. That's just how life is. And so just go ahead and stay connected to who you are and you'll be able to grow through that and become a stronger person because of that. So here is that bonus. Hi there, I'm Melissa Sue Tucker from Oak Creek Wellness Productions and you're doing the I Love You healing exercise. You'll get the most benefit out of this exercise when you do it in front of a mirror. I want you just to kind of shake it out a little bit, shake your arms, shake your legs, shake your head, a little side to side action. Just relax a little. And now we're going to take a deep breath to the count of four. We're going to hold it for the count of four and release it for the count of four. We'll be doing a series of three of these breaths and I'll do them with you. Okay, ready? Again. And one final time. Now, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and look into your eyes and really connect with that beautiful soul that is inside there. That is not the you that does certain things or thinks certain things, but the you that observes the thoughts. I want you to connect with that you. And I want you to repeat after me, either out loud or quietly. I love you. I'm so grateful for all of the opportunities that you've given to me. You are so beautiful. You are love. You are worthy. I love you. I love you.
I love you. Now let's close it out with another deep breath. Close your eyes. Just feel and experience whatever it is that you're feeling and experiencing. If you'd like to journal on what's come up for you, that's a great way to work through some of this. And I just encourage you to do this every day for the next five days. And if you'd like the real challenge, do it every day for the next 30 days. You will change your life for the good and for the better forever. I see you surrounded with light and love. And I'm so excited for what's next for you. Thank you. Thank you for daring to do what most people won't do. Thank you for going in and healing that part that needs to be healed. Thank you for loving you. This is the I Love You healing exercise created by Melissa Sue Tucker. And if you'd like to find out more about me, I'm the host of Addiction Support Podcast and 60 Seconds of Solitude. So you can either find me on iTunes or go to addictionsupportpodcast.com and 60secondsofsolitude.com. Thank you. All right. I hope that that is something that will be beneficial for you. I hope that you'll come back to the podcast website addictionsupportpodcast.com and download a copy for yourself you guys feel free to share that link with your friends too if it's something that you think might benefit them i'm just looking to grow the community promise i won't ever spam you but i am looking to grow the podcast more so i really appreciate you for doing that if there's something that you would like me to create for you or you think might be beneficial to the community, come back to the podcast and contact me. Hit me up, shoot me an email, or you know, you can reach me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any of those ways work really well. Um, I'd just love to hear from you and hear of how I can be of better service or if you have somebody you want me to interview or if you want to be a guest yourself, that would be really amazing. One last thing. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast if you'd like to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much. I see you surrounded with light and love. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Addiction Support Podcast. Addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. www.addictionsupportpodcast.com. 